Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Nugget Climbing Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Dimmitt. My friend Matt Heiliger is back on the podcast today. This is a follow-up episode. The way that follow-ups work is these are bonus episodes that are available for patrons who support the Nugget Climbing Podcast for $5 per month or more on Patreon. I'm going to give you a free teaser here today. That's what you're listening to right now. And the full version is available right now if you sign up for Patreon for $5 per month. You'll get access to all of the follow-ups that I've done, close to 50 of them, with more coming all the time. And you also get ad-free episodes for the regular podcast and more goodies. You can check out all of that and learn more at patreon.com slash thenuggetclimbing. But yeah, so today's episode is really just an update on me with some really great input from Matt along the way. I've talked about this a couple times on the podcast here and there, but I had a pretty serious injury back in December right after getting to Waco Tanks. I partially tore my bicep tendon in my right arm. It ended up being a grade two tear, which we explain in more detail in this episode. But yeah, I've talked about it a little bit here and there. I've alluded to it, but I haven't shared the full story. So this episode is my full story of my injury and how I rehabbed it and was able to get back to 100% within a few months. Matt was a huge part of that. I mean, the key part of that. He is such a good physical therapist and he helped me through all of the steps. And he's been especially helpful with that last phase of recovering from an injury, which is how do I get back to my sport? How do I get back to climbing hard and getting back to doing the thing that I loved and even doing the thing that hurt me in the first place with confidence and not being afraid that I'm going to injure myself again. So that's what we talked about in this episode. The full version is about an hour and a half long. I talked about the injury, how it happened, what my rehab looked like. Matt chimed in all over the place and shared his professional expertise and provided a lot more context and information. And then we talked about my current training. I'm actually in St. George, Utah right now, training for an upcoming bouldering trip. My plans have totally changed for this spring and summer. I'm super excited. I'm going on a big international trip to Magic Wood in Switzerland and Rocklands starting in May and lasting a few months. And so for the last month or so, I've been training mostly in the gym for that trip and also really trying to make sure that this injury is beyond 100% that my bicep tendons are stronger than before and that I don't have to worry about getting re-injured on the trip. So that's what you can expect from today's follow-up episode. I talked about my goals for the trip and my goal to climb V12 by the end of the year as well. But we sat down to record this hoping that it would be helpful. So if you are someone who has had injuries or is currently injured, I hope you're not, but if you are and you just need a little bit of hope and you're curious how that process works and what to expect, hopefully my success story and sharing the different pieces of it will help you out on your own journey to recovery. So yeah, here's the free teaser and like I said, the full version is out now if you want to hear the full thing. All right. Enjoy the teaser. All right. Everything's recording. <laughs> okay. We're sweet. doing it. That was really simple. Yeah. 
<laughs> half an hour later. <laughs> the first time using the cameras, first time using the mic stands, um, but not first time talking to you. So that makes things a little easier. Yeah. I think I was thinking about it um, just like on my walk just now. We can talk about we can talk about that. But I think you're one of just a few people that I've recorded with in person twice. Oh, so I've right. done I've done quite a few in-person interviews and a handful of in-person follow-ups, but very few people have been in person for both nice. initial and then a follow-up nice. episode. I think like you and Will Woodward and Jonathan, I was able to do a couple with him, but he's also done some remote ones. Yeah. Yeah. Not I'm curious what the difference feel, feels like, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't It's just, it's always, it's always uh, nice to just sit and talk with somebody. It always feels a little bit more um, laid back. Yeah. Real. Yeah. Yeah. And we've been hanging out this week, which has been been cool. Yeah. <laughs> not not the first go around. Yeah. So yeah, we, maybe we should start by filling in some context for people. I have no notes aside from, I'm looking at my computer right now, but I'm looking at my training calendar for Waco because we're going to talk about my, my injury back in December. But for people that are tuning in, you and I did a first interview, a first podcast episode. I think we recorded that early October, late September. Sounds about right. Yeah. 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 We were, so six months ago, we're recording this one right at the end of March, and we were intensely Wyoming for that one in the van, uh, sport climbing trip, and we talked a lot about uh, you. Were, you were helping me. It was a physical therapy focused episode, but we were talking about carpal tunnel because that's something I have struggled with for a long time, and that had kind of flared up for me. Um, it, it tends to flare up more with sport climbing, specifically with low angle, crimpy, small holds. Sport climbing. Yeah. So we haven't even talked about that that much this time around. So, totally. Yeah. yeah. It's been somewhat dormant. That, yeah, it's been somewhat dormant. I, yeah. I mean, I think I think there's two exercises that you gave me then that I haven't been super diligent with. That sounds like maybe they're they're like key ones that I should keep working with to keep that stuff at bay. And there's other uh, maybe follow on effects um, from from those areas too. But yeah, so we talked about the carpal tunnel and then uh, went our separate ways for a while. And then I went down to Waco and promptly got injured. And so you've been super helpful. I'm back to 100%. Thankfully, it was my right bicep tendon. Um, but yeah, so we're going to talk a lot about what happened, my injury, how I rehabbed it, and any um, any knowledge or, or just any perspective that you have to share on it for people, um, just to give them the context and then hopefully help them figure out what's going on with them if they have injuries and the best path forward if they just had an injury or they have something nagging or, or whatever it is so yeah and it's been a super fun process like getting to go with you from basically day one like i'm sure you're gonna talk about the the timeline but like yeah hitting the ground and like being like okay like we got to get this guy better fast because he's psyched but he also wants to do it right and so it was fun just like we you'll give context with the weekly calls and the the consistency with the check-in and just the whole commitment on your end was awesome and yielded like v10 at week eight i think yeah i think so yeah i'll have to kind of look at my notes and crunch the yeah. numbers but that's about right that's definitely definitely close yeah um i think that is right yeah within two months which i'm yeah, obviously super happy with um and now just i mean to be back at 100 percent less than four months i've been back at 100 percent. i think as far as that injury goes for at least a month now. So yeah, took three months maybe for full recovery. But I want I want this episode to kind of be a catch up for people 
Um, what I've been up to lately, the injury, because I've talked about it here and there and kind of mentioned it, but I haven't spelled out exactly what happened in the whole timeline. I'm sure people are curious about that. And then um, because I did that follow-up series with Jesse, we recorded yeah. all of those in, we basically batched them and recorded them in like a two-week span in early January. Um, my own personal climbing plans and training plans have completely shifted from from then. We're out here in St. George right now. I'm not sport climbing very much. I'm mostly in the gym training, bouldering. I've got a really exciting bouldering trip coming up to Switzerland and South Africa that I haven't talked about much. So we can talk about um, just my updated plans and then how the, I think the thing that doesn't get talked about a lot with injuries is, you know, first, what do you do? But then I think the hard part is, or one of the hard parts is um, when you get back to basically being 100% or you're close, what do you do next? How do you go from rehab to just training? Sure. How do you go from, okay, I can go back to my normal activity to let's make sure this never happens again and get it stronger than ever. That's yeah. that's kind of where my head's at right now with my own training plan. So yeah, anyway, and, and that's, that's a fun part of the process. That's like, like, I think one of the cornerstones I'm trying to create with my business is just being able to have that expertise to help transition athletes toward the tail end of injuries and out of injuries into training again, and then helping them find that path forward. And um, a lot of the folks that have reached out in the last six months specifically have kind of been in that zone where they've had nagging things, um, not so much acute like mm. yours, but things that have been present for a while. And they were really curious on like getting past those and finding a path forward, which with, with oftentimes it's a new path with training mm -hmm. incorporated with, you know, maybe some rehab activities as well. Yeah. Like a tendonitis or tendinosis or exactly. a shoulder thing. Yeah, lots or, of the osises. The osises. Yeah. And lots, lots <clears throat> of shoulders, which I love shoulders. So. <laughs> <laughs> Complicated shoulders, lots of stuff going on in there. Lots of There's stuff. There's just so yeah. many things. Yeah. yeah. Well, cool. Um, should we start by, should I just tell people exactly what happened with the injury? Yeah, and, um, and it's kind of fun for me to to walk back through this with you too because I listen to the show and I, I just keep picking at episodes and all of a sudden I'll be like, oh, wow, we're like back here in timeline, you know, and like I'm six weeks ahead with you and, li and listening to that has been kind of fun, just like jumping all over the place. But like, I think like getting it all out in series would be really good for, yeah. for your listeners and folks to know like what you went through and yeah. the path forward. Because it gets confusing. I like generally publish things in chronological order, but with the follow-ups, there's those are typically a much quicker turnaround. Like I record them, publish them within a few weeks. Nice. Um, so that for people that listen to everything that really like screws with the timeline and time, yeah, time traveling all over the place. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so let's go back to December and I'll just tell people exactly what happened with the injury. And um, just in case they're curious and, and also because I think there's a really key lesson for me that I'll be thinking about on future climbing trips because I think this was a very preventable injury. So I was in St. George at the very beginning of December, having just come back from uh, Thanksgiving week in Washington with family and had a couple days at the climbing gym, um, stopped through Durango, interviewed Luke Mihal, came down to Waco. So my first climbing day in Waco was December 6th. And I went straight to the Martini Cave and immediately started trying Martini Wright, which was which is a V12. That was going to be my big goal for the trip. Um, a super audacious goal for me. So I, I was kind of expecting to just like siege it and put a lot of time in. Um, 
Kind of crazy to show up in a place and immediately jump on V12, but it's a very long boulder. It's basically four boulders in one. It's like 22 moves or something. The breakdown, more or less, I've, I've heard a number of things, but in my opinion, the breakdown's like a V8 straight into like a V10, straight into like a V8 or seven, straight into a V7 um, with no rests. So I picked the the intro boulder, which is like a V8 section on pretty good holds, thinking, okay, it's finger friendly at least. You know, I've been climbing. It's not like I was off the couch. So like my body should be able to handle burly moves and I'll kind of like ease into the season by focusing on the easier sections of the climb. And usually like showing up somewhere and trying V8 my first day is like pretty reasonable. So yeah. that wasn't so much of a problem. But that first session um, warmed up pretty quickly in the cave and just raged on that first boulder problem for a few hours um, and and then took a rest day. And then I think it had rained a little bit. And so I hadn't intended to come back to the cave, but it was dry and I was psyched. And so I came back to the cave two days later, worked on the third section of the boulder, which is that like V7 or 8 section. <laughs> And so I was working on a, dif a different section, similar difficulty, decent holds. Um, but where I went wrong is that the thing that makes the first boulder hard is very, very similar to the thing that makes the third boulder hard. So you're really stretched out on a horizontal roof on with your right arm extended on a really good kind of undercling, but with a, an insane amount of tension. And then both of those boulders have like a hard kind of fall in move. Um, the one that I hurt myself on, you're actually like hand foot matched and you fall, like you fall in and catch yourself and then come in and match. Yeah. The other one, you're just holding a lot of tension to walk the feet through, but your your hand is pronated, your right arm's pronated, almost fully extended, and then really uh, supinated. Supinated. Yeah, yeah. supinated. Uh, that's why you're here. <laughs> and, and then just uh, in the background here to like correct the biomechanics. Yeah. Yeah, you're doing great too. Supinated. And then... Um, just holding an insane number or insane amount of tension at like the slightly flexed, maybe, you know, I don't know, 20 degrees of flexion, or we'd call that like 160 or 140 or yeah. it, gets it, it was, it was closer to straight, like closer to straight again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, on that, on that second climbing day, my third day in Waco, I was trying that section, trying that fall and move over and over felt fine. I maybe had a little bit of like, tendonitis symptoms warming up but nothing crazy and then just one of those tries heard like a in my elbow like right in here um with the biceps tendon and just immediately dropped off and was just like oh what just happened you know that sort of thing just waiting to kind of know how bad it was yeah and took a long walk and was, wasn't it Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> sounded like That's exactly what I did. Yeah. Oh no. You can see my eyes really wide, just staring yeah. into the middle distance, doing like a self screening. So, yeah, that was December 8th. That was when I partially tore my right bicep tendon. And um, there is a video of this. I will link to it. It's, yeah, if you don't like seeing this sort of stuff, because you can hear it. Um, then skip it, don't watch it. Snap, but if you're snap. curious, yeah. yeah, you can actually see the injury happen on my Instagram. So I'll link to that for people that are curious. But how many times did you made that move that day? That day, probably seven or eight. Seven or eight. Mm -hmm. yeah. And and I had tried that similar move many times two days before. So yeah. I, I think in hindsight, it was just a very acute tissue overload, way yeah. too much stimulus of the same exact thing. 
should have had more like i probably could have tried like two you know gone pretty hard on like two burly v8s with yeah. a rest day in between change the angle but it, yeah change yeah. the style change change the, style. Change the you know what, what makes it the crux and things like that so yeah. that's where i that's where i went wrong in hindsight yeah but hindsight's 2020 it's hard to totally we learn from these things sometimes sometimes <laughs> i know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah so i think pretty immediately i reached out to you and tyler nelson um tyler tyler was pretty sure it was a bicep tendon tear um I didn't have a session with him, so he didn't have any opinions on like how severe it was or anything. Um, and then you had a bunch of bandwidth and I really like working with you. And so we just, we just hit the ground running. Um, do you remember our first call or, or, do, or where would yeah. you start with after something like this? Well, I remember, I think it was a text like evening and a video that came through with the text and i remember it was right before like, this just happened like yeah this just happened I was like oh damn it like i want to get back to this guy right away so um yeah i think we connected that night and we decided the next day or the day after i can't remember which one of those works for a call i think we had like a call within 48 hours a couple of days later um but the, oh it says it says started pt on the 12th so we probably that was probably just like movement. Oh, we got you through the weekend. Yeah, we had a we had a conversation, and then we got you through the weekend, and then we had an actual like call. Can you go a little closer with directly? This? Yeah, you can scoot it towards you. Bring this guy in. Nice. Cool. There's a lot of equipment in here this time. I'm convinced I'm going to break something. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of nice equipment too. Um, nice holding, not holding the mic though. Um, right. I know. I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah. Yeah. You talk like, like this. You talk with your hands. Yeah. You're on video. <laughs> <laughs> demonstrate all the moves <laughs> yeah yeah it's great for beta yeah for a podcast yeah. anyway um so yeah the uh, right off the bat i think i just kind of reviewed your notes too but you had enough swelling to not be able to see the like your veins on the one arm versus the other arm um but there was no immediate bruising there was some loss of range of motion both flexion and extension were limited at end ranges of motion um and just in terms of people listening and trying to figure out like severity of injuries, when you have loss of motion and you have enough inflammation to be noting inflammation in the arm, it's likely more than just like a couple day recovery. It's likely something that you need to take a little bit more seriously. There's grades to injuries and they're really hard to specifically grade, like grade one, two, and three would be like mild tissue damage, moderate tissue damage, and then a rupture. And there's some other grading scales that have been created, but that's the most general one, um, specifically for tearing a muscle or te tearing a tendon. And to assess you remotely and look at kind of mobility restrictions and then the course of recovery, like we were like, is it a grade one? Is it a grade two? Likely there was enough tissue damage to classify it as a grade two. There was loss of motion for up to a couple of weeks as we slowly started to integrate more mobility exercises. Um, and we did a lot of things like ice and then ice and heat contrast right off the bat, as much as you had access to it. And then early yeah, I was, on- I was doing, bringing a bucket of ice water into my friend's hot tub. Just oh, yeah. dunking my elbow and then going back in the hot tub. It was funny. Actually, I remember the first couple of sessions, it was so cold and windy outside. I would just like stick my arm up, up like this. It, would, it was perfect. <laughs> Call that good. Numb it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember yeah. you calling it a grade one plus. That's, well, yeah, that's funny. I, I, I had a feeling you were going to ask that question. Yeah. And, and I, I think that was to like 
more give you confidence in the moment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that you wouldn't go down the rabbit hole of a grade two and just be like, oh man, well that means like the severity and- Oh, interesting. So you yeah. think it was more of a two. Yeah, I mean, I was on the fence and again, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Like what matters is getting mobility back, um, finding the level that you can start loading the injury, injury appropriately and having that be a really graduated process based on some stuff we'll talk about in terms of pain guidelines. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was, it was right in between early on and I just felt like in your situation, it would be better not to walk you down the rabbit hole of thinking that the injury was was more severe than it likely was. Okay. And, um, you know, I wanted you to protect it, but I also wanted you to be able to get back to doing general mobility and not feeling like you had to completely stay off of it. Because from everything we saw, when we started looking at the the pain parameters of starting to doing starting to do isometric loading, like you tolerated it quite well as long as you stayed within a certain a certain load intensity, basically. Mm. Okay. So, yeah, uh, it's hard to say. I mean, yeah. the a one plus doesn't really exist. It was more just <laughs> a thing. Yeah, was like, <laughs> not, that, not that big a deal, man. Yeah. You're going to be okay. Yeah. No, that's that's actually really, that's even more, um, in hindsight, that's that's kind of more encouraging or just cool that yeah. it was like, oh, it's a pretty serious injury and yeah. back to 100% and climbing V10 in Waco within, within three months. Yeah, and that said, I didn't like, to you up in terms of your timeline being different. Like we were thinking it would be a six to eight week heal if everything went really well and you followed all the guidelines and there wasn't any significant re-aggravations along the way, which is certainly something that um, generally people have a hard time self-regulating, like in terms of having an experience, like going out, reloading the tissue. What was the response? Oh, I kind of lost range of motion a little bit. What does that mean? And that's where having guidance from somebody who's been through a lot of that before, I think can be really beneficial for mm-hmm. folks is just knowing when you can nudge it and when you can't. And that's so totally. hard to know, like being honest with yourself, like me, myself personally, being honest with about my injuries over the years has been challenging. Like mm-hmm. coming out of, I had a surgery this fall and I actually, um, I'm really grateful to Esther Smith. Um, she's an awesome physical therapist, now lives in Bozeman where I used to live. And we worked together um, a little bit in person, a little bit remotely, but it was just really nice to have guidelines set for my stages of rehabilitation. I didn't get to be my own coach, my own physical therapist. A lot of people have asked that too. It's like a lot of the clients I work with, I'll talk about that and they're like, don't you know everything? Like, don't you? Mm. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's, it's way too hard to... Mm. If you can give information to somebody else, you start to hear yourself carve a narrative toward what you want, like your expectation and what you really want, like how to get toward your goal. And oftentimes it's hard to hit the brakes enough. Mm, I see. I think that personally through my last rehabilitation versus the one before, this was the second tear on an inguinal hernia, which is no fun and is also not that bad in terms of surgeries, but... um, it's really nice to to have guidance now that I've seen that process going alone and going with um, you know somebody I really respect. Mm. So I'm I'm smiling because we were climbing together a couple of days ago and I just found out like months later that when we were in ten sleep, you were like <laughs> stopping twenty times a pitch and like poking your hernia back in through your stomach lining, <laughs> yeah, which is amazing. Totally. It makes a great joke now, but literally it would be like I had you no know, clue. make a couple of moves, kind of shake out a little bit figure out an awkward position that I could like tuck my guts back in, chalk up, make a few more moves and then like repeat that process. And just being on the rock a little bit here, granted I don't have much fitness in terms of endurance, but man, it's nice not have to do that. <laughs> like, 
it's definitely an efficiency yeah, point and a confidence point too. Like just not a lot of moves. Yeah. And just like the mental energy that was going into pulling that off and like yeah. hoping it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, thanks for all that. I think I'm going to share a little bit about my subjective experience when the injury happened, just to give more context to that grade two yeah. or whatever the injury was. <clears throat> um, it was weird. I mean, I knew, I, I heard it and I felt it like inside my elbow. I was like, oh, like something just either tore or like shifted really significantly. <clears throat> it was It was a visceral like you know, like shift or, or terror or something. Um, but it didn't hurt really, you know, just probably yeah. your body's flooded with adrenaline and it's just, you're just sitting there like what just happened. Um, but I, I, you know, took off my climbing shoes, went on a walk and just kind of kept moving it. And I could kind of tell like it didn't hurt, but like something definitely happened. It doesn't feel normal. It feels weird to straighten my arm all the way. I can do it. I can bend it and flex it, but um, it just feels kind of off but I walked around for maybe 30 minutes and was like, you know, it doesn't hurt. So I walked back to the cave and my pads were all still there. And I just kind of like chalked my hands up and just like stood on the ground and felt some holds. Cause I, I thought like, maybe that wasn't, you know, maybe it's, it's okay. And like, maybe, maybe that wasn't an injury. I don't really know yet. As soon as I tried to very gently like compress two jugs, you know, standing on the ground with my feet on the ground, it was like, Oop, nope. Can't not, do that. Not happening. Yeah. It was just like definitely cannot load that arm yeah. at all. So that was that was where it was at. I mean, I could do I could do basic things. I think over the next few days I really did have to baby it a lot. Um and I remember it was kind of it was kind of notable when I could like pick up my my pot of water for oh, coffee yeah. and pour all the, my all the small wins that you yeah. were getting early on. It was like you would you would show up for an appointment and be like, dude, I can like totally. I can lift something. <laughs> yeah. So I I really couldn't do anything for the first maybe just five to five days or, or something like that. Um, so yeah, that, that's what it, it wasn't a rupture. I knew it wasn't a rupture. My bicep didn't ball up into my shoulder or right. anything like that, but it was, it was, pretty it was obvious, definitely yeah. like something just happened and I definitely cannot climb anymore. Yeah. Um, and kind of had to like awkwardly one armedly get all my pads and stuff together to get out of there yeah. that day. But yeah, it wasn't, it, it didn't hurt. It was just kind of like, oh man. What's what what happened? Yeah, I don't really know. So Yeah. And then the mm -hmm. the soreness the following morning was a little bit more mm -hmm. notable for yeah. sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is very typical. I mean, you've got the adrenaline in the situation that kind of masks things to a certain point. Mm -hmm. A lot of a lot of us in, like our internal dialogue immediately doesn't want to feel significant injury, you know. There's yeah. gonna, especially if it if it's a, if you can walk out, you know. Like if you're not able to weight bear on some sort of ankle injury or fracture that's a different story but yeah the denial <clears throat> thing is interesting yeah it really is yeah. like our brain does amazing things in terms of masking pain or perceptions of pain we talked about a little, little bit of that in our first talk but this is kind of the other end of that you know more of like the, the i don't want this to be a horrible thing mm -hmm. a really big setback and and i personally have had a bunch of experiences like that you know just like an initial like small little finger tweak and you know you as much as you know you shouldn't load it you also want to like just go test it mm -hmm. and just go figure out what is the severity mm -hmm. is, it, is it really that bad and every time you do that it's 
it's essentially a little bit of a setback, mm -hmm. you know, versus like if something feels significant and you just immediately leave yeah, just leave it alone. Yeah. yeah. Like we actually had you, um, hadn't thought of this until now, but like you made a sling out of a grocery <laughs> bag. Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder if I have any photos of that. I made a, I think I do. I made a sling out of a natural grocer's shopping bag, yeah. just like hooked one strap around my neck and then awkwardly put myself in the grocery bag with my arm. And then I guess just put the other sling. I mean, it worked pretty yeah, easily. Like yeah, both right over the head and you just yeah. kind of hooked it in. Um, it looked ridiculous, but it, it did the job. And I didn't have yeah. to do that for very long. That was really just the first week, I think, or so. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and in that situation, you're you're leaving the, in this case, you know, the bicep's going to be shortened. It's not put on tension. So the lengthening of the tissue in the bicep occurs when you go into full straightening of the elbow, full extension. So here we're just basically trying to put it in a position of, of tissue slack so that there isn't a little tug on the injury that's constantly there. And even with your arm down by your side, that would be different. Um, but you can lose range of motion. Like you, you started to lose your extension range of motion because we were basically keeping you out of that position. So. Mm -hmm. But that's okay. Yeah, in, in this situation, it's something that we'd rather go get back later mm. than to just force it in order to keep full range of motion okay. and compromise whatever tissue healing's occurring. So your body is already going into processes where you're trying to lay down essentially scar tissue. And then the processes in the coming weeks are remodeling that scar tissue. Mm -hmm. And every time you go and you tug on it and you know, the pain doesn't necessarily equate to the amount of tissue damage at that point, but it is still a really good parameter to watch out for. So, um, you know, slowly regaining range of motion and not trying to just yank on the tissue in order to reestablish range of motion in full. In this situation is good. In other situations, like if you're talking about somebody with a knee injury and they're walking with a really abnormal gait, that could be different where you'd want to establish normal gait patterns as soon as possible. And that mm. may take being a little bit more aggressive with the joint mobilizations or whatever you need to do to restore tissue capacity and mobility. Okay. So it, it varies by the joint. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I'm going to give people the next, uh, the next few days of, of timeline here. So the injury happened on December 8th. That was a Thursday. And I think I talked to you shortly after that and you, I think we just texted and, and had an appointment maybe set up for Monday or something. And you just encouraged me to take 72 hours full rest. So I did nothing, 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 uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then in my notes here, I have uh, for that next Monday, so four days out, rest started PT. And I think at that point, PT was just like using the range of motion a little bit, you know, like not holding yeah. any weight, just just kind of moving the arm a little bit very gently. Um, we can talk more about about the specifics there. So a couple days of that. And then it was, uh, let's see, the next Wednesday. So the 14th, almost a week from the injury that I started doing gentle finger loading with my tin deck. So with an arm straight, I was doing some of that Tyler Nelson active flexion, um, you know, trying to bend my fingers down into a half crimp and then in a, into a full crimp, um, but just going really easy, making sure I was feeling no pain in the elbow and then doing elbow rehab as well. Did that, it looks like a couple times a week, but I think you had told me at least 10 days, 10 days of rest without any sort of climbing. 
Yeah, 10 days to, I think we were looking at like a 10 day, two week window, um, depending on how things responded and depending if we were getting full range of motion restored. Um, and you can think of that a little bit like walking, like we don't want to send somebody out if they can't fully bend or straighten their elbow to start loading because the tissue is going to be working then and we're going to be contracting that tissue. And that can limit your ability to go regain, especially end ranges of motion into extension if we're spending a lot of time hyperflexed and engaged. So um, I believe at that point, I'm looking at my notes too here, you had gained full range of motion. Um, we turned you loose on doing those. I think this is an interesting thing to talk about, the Tyler Nelson active loading, the overcoming isometrics. Um, just because you were able to pull it off without actually engaging the bicep. So mm -hmm. by setting it up just perfectly and just recruiting through your fingers and not actually recruiting through your shoulder or arm at all, you were able to probably preserve some muscular strength there. And yeah, recruitment. If, if I remember, I'm looking at my notes actually, I think like day one of doing that, um, you know, so I had my arm at my side with my elbow straight, a sling around my foot, and I was just like pulling active flexion on the block um, with the tin deck. I was able to go to go to like 70 or 80% of max without any pain in my elbow, which is plenty to keep your fingers totally at least maintain yep. their strength. So, yep. so yeah, gonna, that, that was really limit cool. Some to, losses for sure. Too cool to see. Yeah. Yep. And <clears throat> I have in that week, um, well, the, the following week, we started to go into isometrics, is probably what you're going to touch on next. Um, yeah. So my first day in the climbing gym and loading was on the 20th. So that was almost two weeks. It was like 12 days after the injury. Yep. And yeah, I climbed for about an hour or an hour and a half up to V4 with lots of rest between tries. Yeah, I remember that. So I was um, climbing exclusively on like, you know, vertical slab and maybe up to like five or 10 degrees overhanging. Yep. And just kind of testing it. And I would, I would do something like do a V2 and then come down and like, okay, how do I feel? And give it three or four minutes to make sure that there was no lagging or lasting uh, discomfort or pain. Make sure it like came right back down to the baseline before I tried the next problem okay. and just happened to be able to go up to about V4. And that, that wasn't, um, that wasn't something we had decided. It was just kind of like, oh, stay within that pain, you know, that two out of 10 pain threshold. And yeah, I was able to go up to about V4 on like the techie fingery, but not not muscly stuff and then started loading that day two pt loading day two yeah it looks like really simple just some isometric loading um oh isotonic loading full range curls three sets in neutral with five pounds 10 reps with five pounds so yeah neutrals this right so yeah so we called neutral so if we've got full supination and full pronation we're right in between so okay if you're standing thumb would be facing so like a hammer curl kind of a hammer curl okay yeah. so yeah doing hammer curls with five pounds just super super easy and doing three sets of ten and then doing some isometric bar pulls where i believe i had my feet on the ground it was just gently pulling down on a pull-up bar yep in an overhand grip um and for, we tested all of those out basically to find the grip that was the most comfortable in each position. So we were looking at joint angles, so how much flexion or extension 
for the isometrics, what was well tolerated and the position in terms of hand position. So biceps, technically, like if you're supinated is going to create the most force and load generated on the biceps versus if you're palm down another muscle, the brachialis is more of a dominant muscle there. So we, we just biased to whatever was the least painful. And it just happened to be that that hammer position mm-hmm. was the least painful of, of the three. Okay. Yep. I'm realizing I don't want to go through my entire calendar here. Because <laughs> <laughs> he took Cause, really cause good people's, notes. And people's we, eyes are probably glazing over. Notes too, so let's, like, yeah, let's yeah. just talk about like the different stages of recovery. So, you know, um, obviously tissue healing at the, at the very beginning and taking that rest is important. But if yep. you could expand on why and how to know how long and then what comes next and yeah. and what we kind of progress through as far as the different stages. I think that would be helpful. Yeah. So the general breakdown, um, acute, subacute, and then it's either called functional or chronic or like that last stage of healing has a few different names. Um, in terms of... Hey, friends, I hope you enjoyed that free teaser of my follow-up episode with Matt Heiliger. The full version is out right now for patrons who support the Nugget Climbing Podcast for $5 per month or more. You get tons of goodies, you get tons of bonus episodes, as well as ad-free episodes and uncut video interviews. There's so much good stuff over there on Patreon. You can learn more at patreon.com slash thenuggetclimbing. It takes just a few minutes to sign up and you can cancel at any time no questions asked. Super easy. All right. I appreciate you guys for tuning in today. Hope you're all healthy or on the path to health and recovery if you are dealing with an injury. Matt's awesome. I can't recommend him highly enough if you want to work with him. We shared his contact info and how to get in touch with him in the full episode. You can also find him at mattheiliger.com. I'll put a link to his website right there if you scroll down in your podcast app. He would love to work with you. And if you found this episode helpful, I would love your support on Patreon. So again, all the things right there. If you scroll down in your podcast app, thanks again for listening. Hope you're all well, enjoying your climbing, and we will see you next time. Like we do it.